0: Hello, today I'm here with our first citizen activist exposing police corruption and no friend of Brian Harvey. <laughs> His name is Ian Poddick. Brian who? <laughs> we will be talking about the Brian Harvey situation towards the end of this to so try and clear it up. And you've got a website called uk. Yeah, policeexpenses.co.uk.
1: What brought that about? Okay, how long have you got? Um, I'll give you a very brief overview. And then Two can... hours. Yeah. Your time. Okay. Okay. Um, so it all starts off with a domestic affair. Uh, literally, um, I found out that my wife had been having an affair with her boss, and you know, I'll be as pragmatic as I possibly can. Uh, these things happen, and they always will. End of story. Um, it's not an offence or a criminal offence. It's, uh, it's just one of the, it's just one of life's things. Um, So at the time we decided that we were going to try and see if we could make it work. So um, I called her boss. Her boss um, was the uh, chief exec of the world's largest reinsurance company. They insure, it's it's actually reinsurance, so they insure the insurance companies. So I rang him up and, you know, I'm not a tough guy or a violent man or anything like that, so no guns at door. And, And to be frank, this guy, is no more the villain than her, if that makes sense. It's not, you know, he's the bad guy and she's the poor innocent victim. It takes two to tango. So I I rang him up with a view to asking if she could be moved, she was his secretary. Um, He told me to F off and said it was none of my business and put the phone down. So the next day I rang up the chairman of the company, a guy called Nick Franklin, who was really nice. And I said, I'm not causing any trouble. Uh, Explain the circumstances. Uh, and I accepted that they were difficult circumstances. And I said, look, we're gonna see if we can make it work. Is it possible for my wife to be moved? I'm not saying, Oh, she right, she's gotta be moved this second. You know, we're a global organization, it's gonna take time, It might take six months. But, you know, if she's moved at some point, we've got a chance of trying to make it work. And do you know what? He was really nice, he was fantastic, and she was moved the next day. And that really should be by Sean, that's the end of the story, but unfortunately it's not. Um, so the chap concerned, and I don't mention his name, and there's a really specific, reason for not mentioning. There's no legal limitations on, on mentioning his name. I've never ever mentioned his name. If you look at any of the posts, anything I've ever written, because the minute I say, yeah, this guy, Joe Bloggs, it becomes about Joe Bloggs and it'll be perceived by the audience. Oh yeah, this guy's just, I'm just trying to get at Joe Bloggs. This isn't about Joe Bloggs. He's involved, but he's not, as, we, as the story involves, it's not really about him. So um, anyway, the guy, Joe Boggs, was obviously embarrassed because the uh, chairman of the company had obviously approached him and said, look, we're moving um, your secretary. So uh, he reported me, he went to his local police force down in Sussex and reported me for harassment. Um, Harassment needs a minimum of two actions, one for calling him, which obviously I did, and two for calling his boss, uh, Nick Franklin. So there's no no dispute that that happened. So the local police force uh, said it was a civil matter. Uh, and, and then Sergeant in his notes at Sussex police said it was a civil matter that my behavior was reasonable in the circumstances and they would not be taking taking it any further. Um, so the guy was obviously very, very embarrassed um, and went to a company. This is where it all unfolds. And this is where it all explodes and goes goes nuts. Um, the guy then the chap concerned then goes to a company called Kroll. Kroll of the world's largest private detective was a security agency. The insurance company um, that he worked for owned Kroll. They're part of the same group and they're in the same building on another floor. And there's an email chain from the managing director of Kroll, a guy called Benedict Hamilton. And Benedict Hamilton confirms in writing that he's spoken to Sussex police and he's pushed them. And this is an in, these are internal Kroll email, emails that I obtained and I used at my trial which we'll get to, Um, the Crowell emails confirm that they've spoken to Sussex Police and Sussex Police are not moving on this. This is a civil matter. We are not getting involved. However, he's spoken to City of London Police and it and it mentions Detective Chief Superintendent Jeff Chandler and Detective um, Chief Superintendent uh, uh, Steve Davis and they have confirmed that they will use, con- this is what it says in the internal email, considerable resources against me, including the use of deploying counterterrorism. So, So we've got one police force saying, look, we're not moving, it's a civil matter. The bloke just asked for his wife to be moved and we've got counter-terrorism, and as the police force said, considerable resource. And trust me, as we go through it, you'll see that there were considerable resources. So the first thing um, that happened was a week later, um, uh, Lena uh, was um, arrested and quizzed by City of London police. And the, I, I get a phone call at four o'clock in the afternoon from Lena sobbing and completely incoherent. I've just been arrested. She not speak. And I'm like, what for? You know, who, why, what happened? You know, um, and they they accused her of conspiring to pervert the course of justice, a fairly a fairly uh, significant crime under British law. And what they put to her was that Lena and I had lied. We were in a conspiracy and we had invented the affair. They didn't say about, they didn't mention blackmail, but they insinuated that the two of us were conspiring, creating the affair to get to this guy they didn't say how and they tried to force it out, force a confession out of her. And she said, look, you know, we're not, in, you know, she confirmed the whole affair in the interview, what had happened, how long it had been going for and et cetera. They were having none of it. They were there for one objective to get her to say, yeah, 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 we made it up. Have you got the footage of that? Sorry, no, no. But we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that because there's no record. There's no record of that interview. So if you did a Freedom of Information request and say, you know, was Lena a, 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 quizzed by City of London Police on this date? Who were the officers and what was the nature of the interview? There is no record. They were just say, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And this was counter-terrorism. This is counter-terrorism from
0: City of London Police. Are they just like looking for people to strike? To so use, like, to create work for themselves.
1: Well, well, well you um, you make as, as the story unfolds. I'll let you okay. make a judgment on sort of their their real objectives. Um, so um, I said, to Lena, look, when you go um when you, when you go go back to the office now, uh, because I said, who interviewed you? What were the names? The office. Oh, I can't remember. She was all, te- you know, she's all crying. She's crying. So she went. She uh went down uh to the reception of the company to see the names in who'd signed in. They hadn't signed in. Um, so I said to her, look, just go back. And email the chief exec of the company HR and just say two police officers, you know, police officers have walked in here into the office. Um, I've had I've been accused of all of these things. I want to know who authorized it and what on what grounds. And they basically didn't reply to her in writing. The HR department had a came and literally spoke to her face to face and said, look, the police officers turn up, who are we to impede them in their duty? We know we don't know anything about it, um, so really sorry. Um, so she made a bit of a fuss about that. Um, at a later date, as we got closer to my trial, which I'll obviously enlarge on, Um, As we get disclosure from the Crown Prosecution Service, we got the internal Kroll emails that state that Ian Fatt, the head of security for Kroll Private Security, contacted City of London Police and he arranged for Elena to be arrested. So you've got the police going, look, we're public servants, you fund us, we haven't got a clue what's going on, we don't know about the interview. But the Kroll emails show that they were able to orchestrate that.
0: What did he say to incite the police to act
1: well, I would imagine I would, it, the emails just state that he organized it. What did he say obviously we 're not privy to that okay. but it 's revolving doors because loads of these um, city of london police officers in general, when they hit a certain rank and position with their experience, go to work for these companies are, you know, revolving doors you know it 's big money there 's all these these what you say cozy relationships um, and again it 's the lack of accountability in all of these things so um you know i wasn't best pleased that she'd been um arrested uh two weeks um two weeks later uh, my house is raided by i mean i've never i've got no criminal history i've never been arrested before apart apart from parking fines i'm i'm clean um So, uh, I, um, yeah, a, a week, a week and a half later, um, my company, I run a leak detection company. I always say plumbing company, we don't do plumbing. We've got special machinery for finding hidden water leaks, gas leaks. We've got machines, that's what we do. We've got engineers doing that. So, my office is raided by the counterterrorism directorate. Um, I'm arrested at half past six in the morning. It's the most terrifying experience. <laughs> Opening the door, bang, 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 half six in the morning. They're all there, counter-terrorism. I, I thought they had the wrong house. Uh, <laughs> I did not remember thinking they had the wrong house. And then when he went, Ian Puddock, blah, 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 blah. I thought, oh, God, my, you know. So um, they come in and they rush in. Um, my office is raided at sort of eight o'clock um, in the morning, and my company accountants, who've just got absolutely nothing to do with this at all, they're raided by the major crimes director. And the whole of this, um, all these various uh, raids, it's called, uh, it comes under the umbrella of Operation Bohan. Um, so we did with some very se- with some help for some, for some very senior helpful police officers from other forces. They estimated that the the whole of this operation, not just on this day, but the ongoing investigation, was about a million and a half pounds. It went on. Whoa. It went on for. Um, it went on for a year and a half. Just it, to help their bodies out. At yeah, Crowell. yeah, absolutely. It's just favours. Just favours. And and what I always say to people is if if. Um, my wife had had an affair with the milkman, and I called the dairy. Yeah, we wouldn't be in the studio. And, that's, I mean, and it's the lack of accountability. It's not that people misbehave, people always misbehave, but it's the lack of accountability. And they are public servants and we pay their wages. So that's the real, real issue. Um, I have to say, on the initial raid, um, the police officers were extremely nice. I think they felt sorry for me. I was really frightened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> were, they worried? were they wondering what they were doing there?
1: Well, they were really nice. I had to explain it to them. One they didn't, didn't really find know. any explosives. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really know. Uh, they, they, I had to explain, it, explain what had happened. And they were really nice, you know. I remember saying to um, Sergeant uh, Colin Dawson on the raid, you know, I, only, I, I rung and asked for my wife to be moved. And if I rang up and said, right, you're, you're dead meat and I'm gonna come and get you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, then fair enough. But I haven't said anything like that. And to be fair, the guy concerned didn't say I'd made those, didn't. And, and I said, what would you have done? He'd go, we'd be effing dead. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> being raided. I mean, you couldn't make it up. I mean, there are humans at the end of the day, but the police officers at the time were really nice. Um, and it all, got, it all got sinister, really. Um, so I'm arrest, arrested. I declined, uh, biggest mistake I ever make, biggest, biggest mistake. I declined a solicitor. I thought, you know, if you're really honest and you just tell the truth, know, it's all yeah. going to be okay. I, 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 I look the camera. I look the police. Please, please don't ever do that. Don't <laughs> ever, ever do that. <laughs> you know, say nothing or get an independent lawyer. Do not just, you know, just don't speak to the police. Plead
0: the uh, fifth.
1: Yeah, plead the fifth. And it really is because I'm going to, the story is, as it unfolds, we're going to get into crack cocaine and all sorts of things. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, it's um. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, I'm released, I'm arrested. I obviously tell the police exactly what happened. Uh, no solicitor presence, so no one guarding me. So say this, so I just thought I could explain. What charges have
0: you got for the arrest So, So the,
1: so the charges, um, a really simple charge. It's section two, non-violent harassment, which is the very, so you've got, oh, you've got one, two, three, you've got, sorry, two, three, one, two, three, four, and five. Five, like, you know, with menaces, I'm going to beat you up and duff you. Two is um, is down there, um and it's specifically in it's specifically noted as non-violent and 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 it was basically I'd made those phone calls uh, which obviously I had made um we've got one police force saying it's a civil matter we've got the counter-terrorism now just with all with everything they've done um
0: so how can counter-terrorism go out and raid someone if the charge is not that serious like that well that's the whole point that's the whole point
1: um they couldn't file a more
0: serious charge Well, they they tried, they tried. What Um, was the most serious charge
1: they tried to file? uh, The most, the most, the most, for me personally, oh God, um, I've been charged with, sorry, I've been arrested for so many things. Um, All revolving around this. All pertaining to this. So... (laughs) All uh, right, just keep going. What was next? So, so so then, um, so I'm released. Um, I then have to wait to find out. Um, I'm on police bail. Um, I... um, I I was trying are we are right for time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so I tell yeah, I tell you about my first court hearing. <laughs> my first court hearing, so my first ever court hearing. So it's not just the first court hearing, but it's my first ever court hearing. So I walk into um so I'm I'm charged with section 2 non-violent harassment for making these calls. So I go to my first court hearing and we turn up at court and the I've got I've got these police bail conditions. or I areas I can't go. Obviously, I can't contact Mr. So and So. Well, that's fair enough. Um, but they're really, really severe bail, bail conditions. So we turn up at court, and um, I'm defending myself because I just thought I don't need to pay a solicitor to this. I'll look at the magistrates, and common sense will prevail. So um, the first court hearing, they can't hear the hearing. They they can't. It can't take place because the actual documents, the court documents were mislaid. So they had to adjourn it. So um, the court, the, the, the senior magistrate turns around and said, really sorry, they're not here. You know, we're gonna have to adjourn it. Um, are there any bail conditions? And they had a, they had a detective there, again from the uh, counter-terrorism directorate. And um, he said, yes, there are. So um, he said, Do you have copies? And the policeman handed them over and they, they went through them and they, uh, the, the magistrate looked at the bail conditions. He said, well, um, these are these are quite stringent. These are quite um, severe. Um, can you tell me what Mr. Puddock's alleged to have done? So the policeman said, and he said, well, why have we got all these bail conditions? So he said, well, you know, we, we don't know how Mr. Puddock's gonna behave, or, uh, so there could be a continued course of conduct. So he said um, to the police officer, uh, I want a yes or no. Have there been any threats of violence? I'd like a yes or no. So the policeman said no. So he said, Well, why can't Mr. Puddock go into these postcodes? Why can't he go here? Why can't he do this? Why is he not allowed to post anything on the internet? He said, So he said to the police officer, How are you going to enforce all these police, uh, all these bail conditions? How are you going to enforce them? So um, the, mat- the policeman said, Well, we will. He said, So if Mr. Puddock goes on the internet, he's liable for arrest. How are you going to stop him from going on the internet? Because, well, we told him he's not allowed to go on the internet. He said, and do you think that's fair and reasonable? And the policeman obviously said, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, he said, well, this is nonsense. He said, I'm not having bowel conditions in my court that aren't reasonable, that can't be enforced because they're meaningless. So he, he removed all the bowel conditions um, and she said, Mr. Puddock... I don't know what's going on here. He said, I wish you well. He said, but we have to adjourn it until the court documents are here. And the only bail conditions are that you don't contact Mr. So and so. And I said, Yeah, that's fine. So, as we walked out, the policeman called me a, the, I'm not going to swear, you, the the W word. So I said, That's, so I said to him, it yeah, didn't go well for you, did it? Um, and, then, <laughs> and then I won't tell you what he said. He called me an effing so and so. Um, I mean, they're just bad sports. Um, <laughs> they're bad sports. But, <laughs> I mean, to be fair to the policeman he didn't lie he didn't say yeah there was all violence when there when there wasn't because i was expecting him to. i was really expecting him to um so i then have to go back to um snow hill police station in the city of london that's where i'm brutalized in custody so the so colin dawson who'd been on the initial raid who'd been exceptionally nice um and sergeant ellis take me through to a small interview room um like the size of this room divided by four. So it's really small. I'm a big guy. We're all in this room about this, this size. And there's one chair and uh, like a stall, and it's cemented to the floor. So we're in this room. So uh, Sergeant Ellis um, starts saying, um, found some interesting things searching your house, Mr. Paddock. Very, and this is not recorded. This interview is not, an in- this not recorded. Very interesting things. Do you want to tell us what we might have found? So I said, I don't know. I, I really don't know. So he said, "Well, I'm giving you an opportunity. To, opportunity now. This is your opportunity to come clean." And I, I said, "Well, I, I told, um, I told you guys absolutely everything in, when I was arrested and interviewed, and I did. I really did." And he went, "So, but we want to discuss the things that we found in your house." So I said. Um, like what? Because you tell us. I said, but I don't know. I really don't know. There's there's nothing in my house that's bad. So um, he said, all right. Well, let me help you out. Why did I find a photograph of you taking cocaine? So I went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, had, I genuinely have never taken cocaine or any or any of those or any drugs. <sighs> uh, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I mean, that doesn't count for anything. But um, you were a minister at one point. Were I, yeah, I was Jehovah's Witness minister. Wow. Um, so I just said, that's nonsense. I said, I've never taken any illegal drugs ever. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've got no interest in it. I just have no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> um, so I'd like to see this photograph. So he said, don't, uh, I don't, I'm trying not to swear. And he said, don't effing get cocky with me. And I, I said, I'm not. I said no. I want to see see this picture. You've Ethan calling me, a liar. and he started getting angrier and angrier and angrier. I said no. I want to see a picture because if you've got a picture, and you know, I go, oh, it's a misunderstanding. I, you know, oh, I was doing this, and it looked like that. There, there, there is no picture. It doesn't exist. And he was trying to force me by shouting and swearing in my face. So, so uh, he really loses it. Colin Dawson's going, is going, such, 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 such. I said, and I'm in the corner, and he's like now in my face, shouting and swearing. All I can smell is his tobacco cigarette (laughs) breath in my face. And he's going, you effing lying, he's using the C word. And I said, you can shout at me as much as you want. I've never taken drugs. I want to see the picture. So he said, oh, you think you're funny, dear? You think you're funny? I went, no, no, I want to see the picture. And, well, I haven't got it. I said, well, I'll wait. You can get it," he said, and then he went off again. He started screaming and stuff, and it was like a charade, really. But I felt very intimidated. I felt very, very, very intimidated. So um, then he said, um, "Another thing we found um, on your computer because when they when they raided my house, they took away my laptop, my sat nav, uh, a Sony digital camera, um, and an iPad. So um, and my phone. So he um, he he said um, on your on your laptop. Uh, we found a photograph of you with lots of drugs. And I said, it's just impossible. It's just, it's just never happened. It's absolutely impossible. I'd like to see that picture. Well, what's it doing on your laptop? And and I'm, the picture doesn't exist. So it's, I mean, go and get it. Let me see it. (laughs) Let me see it. And if I, you know, if there's a picture of me, then it's me busted, isn't it? It's nonsense, absolutely nonsense. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what can he be talking about? What can he talk about? So I said, well, what was in the picture? And he said, you know, you're in it. I said, and he he said, you had a wheelbarrow of drugs. And when he said that, I said, you're joking. That's not even me in the picture. And what it was in 2000, I'll get uh, Andrew Riley, if you're watching, please forgive me. (laughs) Um, I was the best man at Andrew Riley's wedding, a good friend of mine, uh, 2005, 2006. I I had to do the best man speech. So rather than get up and stand up and say terrible things about my friend, Andrew and embarrass him, I did a I did a PowerPoint presentation called The Life of Riley and I had photographs of Andrew throughout the whole of his sort of child and adult life and I got a friend to doctor the pictures and I showed him go through a gay stage with all in leathers and all sorts of weird. And I'm saying, Danielle, did you know? And there's a picture of him there in a the gay, It was just fun. Everyone's laughing, that was the whole purpose. And then I, I found a picture of the, and sorry if anyone is offended by this, the BBC two gardener, a guy called Monty Don, who's been around for like forever. And a, I found a photograph online of Monty Don with like a, a wheelbarrow with all plants and bits and pieces in there. And my friend uh, photoshopped and put Andrew Riley's face over Monty Don's. Quite badly, by the way. Quite badly. And then all of the uh, the wheelbarrow of uh, plants was all gold gold sovereigns and cash and drugs and stuff. And it was just a picture for the... F- and, and it's Andrew Riley's face. And I'm trying to explain <laughs> to Sergeant Ellis. I said, that's not me in the picture. It's Andrew Riley. Well, what's he doing with the drugs? And I'm trying to explain it. He's going mad at me. And then he just loses it. And he gets me up in the corner, and that's when I just thought, God, if I push him off, there was a ca- there was a camera up in the top left hander. If I push him off, anybody that knows me knows I'm not violent. You know, we had that joke before we started. If you and me are gonna have a fight, Sean, you better have better trainers because you're gonna have to catch me. <laughs> you know, I'm not a tough guy. I don't pretend to be. I've never, ever pretended to be. It's mm. not in my nature. I'm a big wimp. Um, and I um, I just knew it would be, if I pushed him off me, it would have been portrayed that there'd been an assault on an a assault police on officer. A cop, yeah. uh, and I just, I just, just climbed up really. I just thought whatever they can do. I just, I just, he tried
0: me. to provoke it, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Um, so he, um, he just, he just, yeah, I came out and I was really overwhelmed. And it's only as I walked out the police station, I, I, I actually started crying. I was actually a bit frightened. As I said, I'm, you know, as adults, we don't, re- you know I'm fairly confident you don't feel fear you might feel a bit unsure you might feel a bit nervous you might feel a bit uneasy mm. but actually feeling fear it's the first time as an adult in many years I actually felt frightened mm. and I was frightened by you know it's like the school you know it's like the school bully you know they're they're public servants we pay their wages and I'm in all this trouble for nothing for absolutely nothing um so I just thought Do you know what I'm not going to let these people get away with this I don't care who they are um you know they've got money and resources. Well, you know, I can embarrass them. No one wants to be embarrassed. I can embarrass them and that's exactly what I did. So um the charge the ch- the uh charge against me uh f- um for um harassing uh, Joe Bloggs, this chap, uh, was dropped. Um so I'm thinking, hey, I've been brutalised in custody. Uh you know, Lane Lane has been arrested for conspiracy to for the course of justice for making up the affair. And the police are doing this. You know, um, this this shouldn't happen. And I, and I didn't believe things like this happened in this country. Obviously, my eyes have been open since. Um, and I'd speak at demonstrations and things publicly. And, and if you think my case is bad, this case is far worse than mine. Far, far worse than mine. Far, far worse than mine. You know, mine's a walk in the park uh, compared to some of them. And um, so... I I created the website, policeexpenses.co.uk, and what it does is it just details the whole of the police operation against me. Um, Information I've got from Freedom of Information, um, which is obviously they they reluctantly give you information, but most of it came from uh, information um, that I got from the Crown Prosecution Service, all the Kroll emails, and it was Kroll that were driving all of this. The Kroll was sending the emails to the police we think we need to look at this. We think we need to do that. And then the uh, police was just doing it. The police was just doing it. So um, in the end, the um, the, guy, um, the guy concerned that was involved with the affair, um, he lost his job. Now he'd been a board member of the reinsurance company. The reinsurance company is called Guy Carpenter Limited. Um, he lost his job. They'd been there for 32 years. Um, the case against me is dropped. I'm a free man. So i i create the police i create the website. Police expenses about two two and a half months after he'd lost his job and the case against me had been uh, so the case against me had been dropped, and then um, I get arrested again. I get arrested again. <laughs> no. uh, so the police the police come and raid my house again. Was it was the terrorism police. Yeah, uh, they was murder squad. As murder we squad, wish. yeah, uh, murder squad, City of London Police murder squad, murder yeah, squad, yeah. yeah uh, so this time it was led by <laughs> the murder squad. It was Sergeant Sarah Mayo, um, and what they alleged, you, you need you need to be a magician. The charge against me was exactly the same: Section two, non-violent harassment, creating and publicising a harassing blog. So my website. PoliceExpenses.co.uk. Uh, pl- police they say, which was created in May 2010, they said that my website created in May 2010 had caused him to resign and lose his job in February 2010. Now, you need a t- to make that charge stick. And they ran with it. They ran with it. They ran with it. That's all they had. That's all they had. So they... they. Um, they uh, tell
0: us they don't have the resources to arrest all these pedophiles and they're raiding you for silly shit and they're raiding they're raiding my
1: company accountants they're raiding my office they took all our servers away they took every all our computers away from our office for forensic analysis and the problem for my leak detection business for six months where customers were ringing up saying oh hi you did a quote for me six weeks ago we'd like to go ahead so everything had gone the, the backup everything had been taken so you know you can't turn around and say i'm oh, really sorry about that we've just been raided by the terrorism police so we don't have a copy of your quote so we literally would have say, our oh, system's down at the moment could you re-email us a copy of it please so the customers for six months uh, would have to email us copies Go, oh yeah okay yeah that's still valid we can do this and we can do that um so they really dis- disrupted my my business um so i was so furious i can't see how angry i was at the police because the the that you you could argue that the private security company was driving this, but the police are public servants paid by us. They they're, they're meant to investigate crime without fear and favour and all this kind of stuff. It's just all complete nonsense, by the way. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, I might you know are all police are police forces like City of London Police in operation? hand? the answer is no, but but you know, they all they're like any organisation. They close ranks and look after one another. I think uh, there's a
0: lot of good people in the police. Yeah i got help by and, lots of police, officers. and they're misdirected by people manipulating it from the top
1: yeah it's the senior it's the senior it's always the senior, senior police officer so for example in in you know in all of you know all of the, in all of my case i became sort of obsessed with it really i was going to win that case whatever happens um so you know started investigating things so i came across nothing to do with me nothing to do with my case so this is about 20 years ago um there's a, a brilliant documentary that you'll never see because it's been banned. It's actually on my website and I managed to get the license for it. Uh, it's 25 years ago, sorry. And um, there was a program um, that used to be called World in Action, really old fashioned, hard hitting journalism, doorstepping people, really investigating, there's nothing really like that anymore. And they made a, they made a brilliant one hour special called Cleaning Up the Yard, i.e. Cleaning up Scotland Yard. It's been banned um so i um in, in there was um was a guy called uh, De- uh oh gosh his name's just gone uh lundy tony lundy De- De- detective chief superintendent tony lundy um and in 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 there the scotland yard found out that he was taking bribes from drug dealers and i don't mean kids on the street we're talking about the big guys at the top um so this back in the um, late 80s early 90s um, he was taking bribes of over one hundred and fifty thousand cash a year on top of his salary uh, um, and when they found out that he was doing that, what did the police do? Uh, the police uh, pensioned him off early on an enhanced police pension, not the normal police pension, an enhanced police pension now i 'm being raided and, and and brutalized in custody over nonsense and you've got serious criminality at the top of Scotland Yard and they cover it up and it's that's the, the issue it's the lack of accountability
0: they can't admit to that because it's happening all over the world yeah there's so much money in the war on drugs and the drug laws have created it that every profession is corrupted and it's the police working with the traffickers politicians working to traffickers so to accept that he did that opens it up to the whole system being shown as corrupt and they can't ever do that and it no. just continues? No,
1: no, it's the culture. It's all about the culture. Yeah. And it's the culture at the top. Um And... All of the, you know, as the older one, older people retire and move on and do whatever, and the younger ones, that culture stays there. The culture doesn't change because it's the older people teaching the younger generation, hey, this is how we work, this is what we do, this is how we operate. And that culture remains, and it's the lack of accountability. And they take their reputation very seriously, and their reputation is more important than, than breaking the law.
0: So the murder squad, Raided you, yep. and then you got this new charge. What happens with the new charge? You got so, go to go court.
1: So I go to go to court, um, and um, and I do go I do go to court. So this time I uh, literally with my friend of mine, we literally uh, and a f- some friendly journalists, I'd managed to track down all of the police officers where they live that were involved um, in 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 the first operation, and and some of the officers that weren't particularly nice to me. and when you
0: say you managed to track down where they live how do you go about that and is that legal um
1: well from friendly journalists yeah <laughs> from friendly i don't have to do it okay uh, but i know journalists are able to uh get addresses and things yeah yeah yeah
0: and what was the purpose of that
1: so what i do is um, if you're one of the officers um and this is a this is a a camera we'd knock on your door and uh, look on your door and say uh dc sean atwood uh, ian puddock uh, you arrested me last week for blah 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 um You've spent over a million and a half pounds so far on the first operation. Not sure what it's costing so far. Um, all over an affair. Uh, you're from the murder squad. Public would like to know what you're doing and why you're involved. And so I'd what, film it and put it on YouTube. I so, did that. So it. what's the legality of doing that? Showing up at police people's houses? Uh, well, I didn't put the addresses on there. I didn't say where they live. Yeah. But I embarrassed them. And I even did that to Adrian Leppard, the uh, commissioner of City of London. He lives in a gated house. Uh, down in uh, Ryegate, So we went down there on a Saturday morning, half past seven. Uh, we had to wait for uh, the the postman to come at quarter past eight. Uh, the, the gate opened. Me and my friend Dave went, knocked on the door, his wife answered, I was, is Commissioner Leopard there, please? And she said, oh, Adrian, Adrian. He came down his white... Um, and literally, I just was able to say, um, Ian Puddock, you know who I am, you authorised Operation Bohan, You spent millions investigating me, and you're continuing to do that. Public would like to know why, I wonder what you have got to say. And he just slammed the door in my face. I put it on YouTube, they come and arrest me. It's always polite, very respectful. You're wasting public money. Public would like to know why, just wonder what you've got to say. And I did that to all of them. And they're not used to that. They're not used to that. Oh, that's well, really slow down, slow down. down.
0: If, um, for example, if you cut, if you, shot up to some prosecutor's house in America or something like that. You're going to get probably get arrested, and yeah. so, there's going to be some serious. They did arrest charges. me. They
1: arrested me all the time. So what? They <laughs> arrested me all the time. <laughs> what law are you breaking? Showing up at a police person's house. What are they charging you with? They never charge me. This is the point. They would. They would. They would. Um, they would uh, arrest me, um, say that I was harassing the person. Now, if I knock on your door one day. Uh, Detective Sergeant Sean Atwood and say, Sean Atwood, you did blah, 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 video you, you tell me to bog off or you shut the door and I put it on there and I never do it again, There, there is no charge. There is no charge. If I keep on doing it all the time, then it's a course of conduct <laughs> and then you're in trouble. People so, watching this do not get ideas. Not do yeah, do not we do are this. not
0: suggesting you do anything like this, quite the reverse. This will just make your life hell. Yeah, it will be awful. But and they, you and will they... be locking horns with the people you can
1: no would possibly win because they have all the most taxpayers money in the world so what i what um, what i learned i was very very naive in the beginning i thought you know i'm not, i'm not going to surrender to all these idiots i'm not going to i'm not going to allow them to ati- intimidate me so they would come in i'd be in the cells um they would come in different police officers working in the, in, in After uh, you just filmed them at the house Yeah, no no they, they, these were all custody suites you know okay. uh, police officers the the people I'm filming are much higher up the, the tree top yeah so um they, they would come in with cups of tea and stuff like that. And then detectives would come down, a uh, different detective, say, oh, Mr. Puddock, they'd come down with a clipboard and say, look, you know, you, you're, you're a reasonable guy. You're a nice guy. You shouldn't be in here. Look, if you sign these police bail conditions to remove it all, to remove it all, uh, we can get you out straight away. And, you know, whether there's going to be a charge, I don't know. I'd lost my fear of them at this point, they can charge me. I just didn't care. I was not, I'm really going to court for my website, which I very proudly uh, created. So they they would come down and I'm not signing that. No, 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 I'm not going to sign that. And then after about the sixth time of being arrested, I thought, what an idiot, just sign it, ignore it. You know, they've got no power over me. So they'd come down in the first hour. Um, I'd sign the bail conditions, take down the website, off you go, Mr. Puddock, you're free. And they just ignored them. And they never came after me for breach of bail. They never came back and said, hey, we're we arresting you. You said you'd take it down. You never did. But what they kept doing was kept recharging me with reposting it. I'd never ever taken anything down. I wasn't going gonna to take anything down. So I ended up with loads and loads of counts for the same thing that by the time we got to court, they, um, the judge looked at it all and when it was explained to the judge what it was about he said well I'm just seeing this as one charge so all these like 13, 14 charges of reposting, reposting, reposting well I'd never taken it down it'd never been reposted it's just there all the time from from whenever it was put on
0: and were you looking at some time in prison possibly from this charge
1: the, the, maximum, was, the maximum was six months because it was in a magistrate's court, not in a crown court um, you asked me earlier what the most serious charge was um, depends how depends how you you look at it so um they came one morning and arrested me um didn't tell me what it was it was uh, sergeant sarah mayo she was as hard as nails um and uh john clifford from the major economic crimes director they're investing bank fraud and big stuff so they came and arrested me took me in uh in the car didn't say a word i was talking to them i'm quite chatty anyways you can probably tell um got to the police station uh, got to the custody desk emptied all my pockets we're now at the um we're now at the desk and i've got my wallet on there my belt and all my bits and pieces and they open up my wallet and uh, uh sergeant mayo turns around and says is this your credit card mr Pudding? and this is for me the most important arrest it's not maybe the most significant arrest or the most um serious arrest but for me it was the most in serious arrest because it in- undermines your whole integrity so if i said to you well i'll tell you well i'll tell you what happened so she gets out my my company mastercard my leak busters limited um business credit card it's your credit card mr puddick it says leak busters limited limited on it and my my name so i said yeah of course i had no idea where it was going by the way so she puts it in an evidence bag oh god <laughs> and she said okay um they put me in the cells for about an hour, and then um, I still had no idea. And she says, right, we're taking you through to interview. I need to arrest you at this point and caution you. And she read, she read me my rights. You can get a solicitor. And I said, no, that's fine. I don't need a solicitor. Um, I just wasn't going to say anything. just not going to speak to them. So um, she said, we're arresting you for Section 4 of the Fraud Act, Credit Card Fraud. So if you just hear, if you don't hear the story in context and you just hear that I've been arrested for credit card fraud, you think, well, you know, no smoke without fire. And this is what I did. And what they accused me of doing, I did. I did. And I've done it a hundred times since. And it's not a crime. Hence, hence. So um, in my police interview, she, she says, my website, policeexpenses.co.uk, um, did you buy that domain name with your company credit card? I said, I honestly can't remember. And, and that's the truth, honestly. She pulls out all these documents to say that I'd bought the domain name online, I'd used that. And I said, if that docu- if your documents say that, then I did. I, so I paid £11.60 for it. So what they tried to accuse me of... They said that I had stolen eleven pounds sixty from my own company. <laughs> so, so in my police interview, I said, "Like, I pr- appreciate." And I'm really not being. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not. I'm really not exaggerating. I said. To, I said to them, "I appreciate this is a massive heist at Bunsters Limited, and you've pulled in Murder Squad and all these resources." I have. I hate, hate to think, and I can't thank you enough. And you found the culprit that stole eleven pounds sixty from my company. Can I not press charges against him? because obviously I'm the victim. Someone stole 11 pound 60 from my company. Oh no, it was me. Um, you can't make this nonsense up. Mm. So she said, but why, why did you use that credit card? And I said, well, it's probably the only card that I had in my pocket when I did it. I, I really don't know, I haven't got a clue. For 11 pound 60, it really doesn't matter. They said, but you have stolen 11 pound 60 from and I said, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. So I said, how can I steal 11 pound 60 from my company? If, in, if I had a credit card with a thousand pound limit, rate, just hypothetically speaking, a one thousand pound limit on there, and I spend seven hundred pounds on Leakbusters stuff, and I spend three hundred pounds on me buying—I don't know—some speakers or something, something personal, something for personal. My accountant looks at. My credit card bill. He looks at them and says, "Right, there's three hundred, there's seven hundred pounds. There, elite busters allocated elite busters, and there's three pounds, three hundred pounds worth of personal expenditure. He puts that into my personal account, and I pay tax on that. That's what my accountant is for." And John Clifford from the major economic, they're investing, investigating banks and stuff, said to me, "Why would you get an accountant to do that?" I kid you not. I kid you not. <laughs> This is a recorded. This is a recorded interview. So I was thinking, oh, wow, I can't wait to get a copy of this interview, and I have. It's online. You can hear it online. You can hear it online.
0: And all the things. Can I've, we put it here? Yeah, a little bit of it, maybe. We, we, can, we can
1: find bits of it. Um, so he, um, so they, he turned. He, uh, Sarah Mayo says, "Oh, you're mocking us and stuff. You're mocking. You're mocking us." And obviously, I was. But it was so. It was so so pathetic. So he. Um, so, he's, he, uh, so Sarah Mayo said, but why do you use an accountant? I said, because it's a legal obligation. It's a legal obligation for an independent person to look at my accounts and represent the middleman and go to the tax authorities and say what your, your tax uh, liabilities are. And Sarah Mayo says in the interview, you seem like a quite a resourceful guy, why don't you do it? And I said, because I'm not an accountant. <laughs> Sarah, I'm not an accountant. I'm just not an accountant and I have no interest in training to be an accountant. I said that. <laughs> anyway, they didn't charge me with that, but they, you know, it was a day of my liberty, wasted in police nonsense, having meaningless conversations. Like you say, there's pedophiles out there, there's some really, really serious things, but they have got the money. When the police say, oh, we can't investigate, We've, we haven't got the money, the police cuts. Trust me, when the police want to do something, they can do whatever, whatever they want whatever they want, and that's the issue. They're not truly accountable. So we get to, um, so that was, for me, I never. T- I don't talk about that. I don't talk about that because you've, you obviously give me the benefit of explaining the context of it all. But if I said, oh yeah, I was arrested for credit card fraud and move on to something else, you think, hang on, what did he do? You know, because stealing undermines everything, I think. You know, if I'm stealing from you or stealing from someone or, you know, just stealing at all, it undermines your whole integrity as far as I'm concerned. So I never really talk about that. Um, but for me, that was the, the most personal. Um, there was one um, I was arrested in Muzzle Hill. Um, I was in my car and this was by um, the, the Metropolitan Police. So they um, I'm sat in bumper to bumper traffic and you could hear the siren, hear the siren. And I thought it was a, fi- you know, the, you know, the fi- an ambulance or something. And all of a sudden, the police car pulls right up next to me, gets out. Are you Ian Puddock? He then arrests me. He handcuffs me to the steering wheel, and I said, <laughs> "What? What are you doing that for?" And he was really nice. He's really polite. He said, "I really don't know, but we've got." We've, got, we've been told to arrest you, I'm going to call in. Now they're not allowed to arrest you, to the, uh, uh, they're not allowed to handcuff you to a steering wheel because if the car catches fire, you're toast. They can't run in and get, you're toast. They're not allowed to, obviously that didn't happen, but they're not allowed to do that. Obviously when I reported that later, obviously he denied it all, so as, as, as they would. Um, and you know, I, he 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 didn't know why he was arresting me, and uh, he came back and he, you know, he was really apologetic. He was really nice. The police officer was very nice. And I explained to him. I said, oh, "I'm going to court soon about all this stuff," and I explained it to him. And he went, "Good luck with all that. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with all that." Um. So the, So I was, I was. I was. I wasn't charged. Again, I was just. I wasn't really. I wasn't even arrested. I was just handcuffed. And then after about. Fifteen minutes by the side of the road. He'd really taken the handcuff off and explained what was going on. He, he said it was for a stolen car. By the way, they said I'd stolen the car. I'd, I'd owned the car for seven years, so it's not like I bought it last week. The paperwork, there's an issue. I'd owned the car for seven years, <laughs> so a stolen car was just, you know, dr- driving and, and being in a position of a stolen car was complete nonsense. Open that
0: door. That's for sure. thanks.
1: Um, what else was I arrested for? Um, hate speech. So I was arrested. So. um Uh, from my early my first arrests um for creating the website um so that's happened in may 2010 my actual trial for creating the website uh was in june 2011 um for that whole period literally every sunday apart from when it rained i wasn't very good at protesting in the rain i went to speaker's corner and i got a massive following um, it's it's dwindled now, but at the time, I mean, Kevin Rudd, the the new the, the Australian Prime Minister, followed me and sent me a private message saying, be following your case." Because you've like,
0: got a lot of followers on Twitter and on YouTube. Yeah, but it used to be more.
1: Used to be much more. It used to be double. Used to be double. At, I mean, this is 2011, and you know, I was campaigning. I was making videos. I was regularly posting videos. So um, after I was brutalized outside City of London Police. Um, Snow Hill Police Station and went straight, you know, straight back outside. Me standing outside the police station just explaining what happened behind me. You know, sort of got, you know, forty, fifty thousand hits quite quickly. Uh, because it's, you know, I'm not a criminal. They shouldn't be doing all this nonsense. And they shouldn't be getting away with it. It should be held to account. And the fact they're not held to account allows them to get away with it again and again. And other people in the police force that see it might not be part of any of this nonsense, think, oh well, you know, if I'm in trouble, at least I know. I'm not going to get in trouble. You know, if I do something wrong, I'm. You know, everyone's going to look after me, and that's how the system works, really. Um, as I'm sure you're aware from, you know, all your previous guests,
0: Kafka-esque.
1: It's very, very Kafka. Yeah, it's very, very kaf- uh, Kafka. The um, so I was arrested at um, Speaker's Corner. There was an Ed. No, this was a. Two- this is 2000 mid 2010. There was an EdL rally. Um, Hot summer's day in um, by Speaker's Corner, just out just past Speaker's Corner at Hyde Park. And it turned out there was a big fight, you know, some people got out and had a big fight. I'm standing, I don't shout and swear, I'm very polite and fairly respectful. And I just stand there and talk to the crowds. I get arrested. I get arrested by Julian Bell from the counterterrorism directorate. There's people fighting that they just break it up. So like, Oh, you go, oh, you go. And I get arrested <laughs> for hate speech. For hate I'm not charged with it. What words did they
0: say were hate?
1: Well, they, well, I tell you, I get a big crowd. I used to get a really big crowd. And, you know, I'd say, that, you know, the power of the insurance companies, the power of Kroll, all because my wife had had an affair. And there was a guy at the back who kept saying, what was this bloke's name? And I thought, no one ever asked that. I've been doing it every Sunday. I'm used to the regular questions. People are being, how did it all start? What's going on here? You know, well, but what's this bloke? There? And, and this bloke is not the key. It's the security company that's the key. They've they've got the power with the, with the police, not this guy. And obviously, I wouldn't answer. Um, and they just said that I was harassing this guy, even though I don't mention his name. I don't mention his name now. There's no limitations on it. You know, I can say his name, can plaster it all over the internet. It's, it's, it's not about him. This is about the police who I... Up until very recently sort of thought were good you know i thought they're all good and they're you know catching is the odd rotten apple in any organization no it's not the rot. it's not it's worse it's did you have to worse take worse.
0: the videos down of you going to police people's houses sorry did, did you have to take those videos down the videos you took of the, at the police's houses
1: no no i didn't i didn't so i refused to take them down i, I they direct, so are, they, are
0: they still available no they're not
1: now. no no I took, I took i took them down i took them down um for personal reasons i'll tell you why i took them down um, because it became, it just took this took over my life. This took over my life. Um, and I was so angry at the injustice that the police could do all of this and get away with it, and it was all acceptable. And I had a conversation with, um, uh, I had a beer with a, a guy called Michael Gillard, Sunday Times reporter, re- a, a real expert on police corruption. And he said, you never win, you know. And I said, but I won my case, I won my case. He said, look, you're angry now telling me. You're angry now telling me. You know, you never win. And even though I'd won, I um, thought about it. I thought it's true. So I've got to let go. Letting go was just letting some of those things go. Does that make sense? It made sense to me. It's a massive
0: um, machine, and yeah. you're just one person. And the machine will always be there, and it's got all the money in the world.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, a losing... Well, we're going to get to the crack cocaine bit soon. <laughs> 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 so... Um, so yeah, you asked me about the the you know the most serious things for being arrested. So you know, driving a stolen car, which was mine, which is just nonsense. I hate speech at speakers' corner, which obviously I wasn't charged with. Um, multiple multiple offence, multiple arrests for um, saying I would take my website down and not taking it down. I mean, they never charged me. They would just arrest me, and then I'd say I take it down again. And they go, oh, you didn't take it down. We're going to charge you again. But, 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 but they, but nothing ever happened. Uh, nothing ever happened. Um, and my barrister, Michael, at well, this time I've got a barrister. So this time I'm going to court. I've got um, a barrister, Michael Waldkind, QC. Uh, I can't tell you. He's um, on his website. It says Britain's best criminal defence barrister. Um, that man walks on water. He's absolutely brilliant. Well, we'll get to the courtroom and what happened with the police in the courtroom. But he. Um, he believed me. So, you know, from day one, I sat down and explained everything that happened, he always believed me. He never, he never, re- I, could, I always felt that he believed what I was saying. I just felt it. I mean, he'd ask me some difficult questions occasionally. And there's one occasion where I actually know that he didn't believe me. And I'll tell you what that was. So I, um, uh, and, if, and if I showed you the evidence against me and said, oh, Sean, I didn't do this, honestly, Sean, you wouldn't believe me. You really wouldn't believe me. And I'll tell you what, what they did was very, very clever. So my trial is in June, 2011. So in March, 2011, I get a call from one of the junior barristers, Jonas, rings me up and says, Ian, we need to see you urgent. I said, how urgent? He said, like, can you come in like now today? So I said, what is it? He said, we'll discuss it with you. He didn't tell me what it was. We'll discuss it when you go. So straight down to the barristers chambers and um, we're down in the reception and he shows me three witness statements and they nail me to a wall. Trust me, it's not like there's no wiggle room, right? Three of this chap, the chap who's involved in the affair, three of his neighbours all say that I knocked on their doors, I harassed them, I was, um, you know, I was bullish and uh, harassing them, and and they described me to a T. So when you read it, the description is to a T, me, the actual build, my hair, everything about me. Um, one of them, Theo Chan, um, actually says that my behaviour was so was so concerning. He says, I parked I my black Range Rover. He describes where I parked it. And I made a note of the registration. So you've got three people um, say that I knocked on all of their doors, uh, harassed them, was abusive. He, they've got my registration of my car. So I, I looked at this and I just said to Jonas, I've never done this. I've never done this. And he said, well, why would, three of mr so-and-so's neighbors lie i said they wouldn't i don't believe they would i don't i don't would would you get three of your neighbors to lie for you of course not, of course not. <laughs> so he said well how do you explain it and i said i can't i really can't explain it <sighs> and he said well this isn't good this isn't good this isn't, and this is the most compelling evidence against me trust me and the police didn't even arrest me and say right what did you do blah 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 they just sent it over to to the barristers chamber the cps sent it over So we then go upstairs to the conference room. um, And Michael said, said, have you read the statements? I said, yeah. He said, this is trouble. And I said, Michael, I don't expect you to believe me. And I could tell that he didn't. I said, I haven't done it. I haven't got anybody else to do it. Um, This is just a lie. And he's going, so three three neighbours of Mr. So-and-so would lie. And I went, no, I don't believe they would. I don't believe they would. And he said, can you explain it? I said, no. And he said, "Right, okay, let's." Um, so the the witness statements were were taken in March, and they go back to uh, January, January two thousand eleven. So where were you? And we're sat in this table, and there's a there's a a, a, a speaker phone in the middle of the, of the table. It's a round table. And he says, "Where were you on such as?" Such? I said, "Well, with, off the top of my head, I don't know." Um, we use Commusoft in my office. Um, I can um, I can I can call the office. So beep 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 on speakerphone, Samantha answers. Um, in my office. Sam, where was I on such and such a date? Hang on. Um you were at Mike Varney's physiotherapy clinic in Hartford. I oh, went you're joking. <laughs> so she said, yeah. So um so so well uh, thanks. So Mike Wildkind uh, says to me can can will they will they vouch for that? So well, we'll ring them up. So I've got my mobile phone so I type 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 in um so I ring up Mike Varney's physiotherapy clinic in Hartford and they answered and i said oh it's in Puddock here uh, and i had to lie um and i said i need a, I, I said i need um i need a was like can you just confirm that i was there on such and such a day and he went, yeah yeah you were here 11 o'clock in the morning um so we've got 3 we've got sorry i keep hitting the microphone we've got three witnesses down in billingshurst in sussex put me there between 11 and 11.30. And I've got a physiotherapist that puts me in Hartford, it's like a hundred miles away, north of it. So something's wrong. So um, the physiotherapists say that, you know, yeah, we confirm you saw Nikki, you paid on your credit card. And I said, oh, was it possible to get a letter? And they, and they said, why? <laughs> I said, oh, not, oh what, do I say? what do I say? I said, oh, I've got a sort of speeding ticket somewhere else and I, you know, I'm sure I was with you at that time. So yeah, we'll give you a letter, it's 20 quid. So I gave my credit card details. An hour later, um headed paper, a, a letter comes through confirming I was there. And that time I saw Nikki. I paid on my credit card, copy of the stump, done. So um, so Michael Wolkine says, maybe they got the wrong day. I was going to say that. <laughs> maybe they got the wrong day. Yeah, change the so date. Ma- so, so maybe change you were the there the day before, the day after, two days before, two days. Maybe, maybe it's just the date that's wrong. So, um, So I had a really senior police officer helping me really senior police officer helping me. So I said to Michael, look, can I ring so-and-so? He, he, he he will tell her. So I put him on speakerphone. I te- First of all, I texted him and said, look, is it okay to call you? I'm with Michael Wildkind. I've got, I'm in a load of trouble. Um, can we call you? So he said, yeah. So we, we called him and he's now on speakerphone. So, um, and Michael Wildkind's saying to her, okay, what can the police do? You know, how do they, what, what, what do they, you know, what are their procedures for this, that and the other? And um, so he says to me, um, Ian, if you have done this, this, is where you get this is where you get busted. If it's the wrong date or something, he said, uh, um, ask the police to do a bof two check. Now, I don't know if it's the I don't know if that's the correct name, if it's a nickname, it's, it's, it's what they call it in the police, what's what their nickname for it or whatever. But a bof two check is an ANPR check, and they use satellite technology, and they can check your registration. So, so the policeman said, "If you have done this, this is where you're going to get busted." And I said, "I really haven't. I really haven't." So, um, so my- so Michael Wolkine said, "Look, we can say to the CPS, right? We want an AMPR check a week before this date and a week after that date to see if I've been there." So, um, they come back and we, uh, we 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 they they come back to us at a later the later date with some photographs of my car, but all in nothing down there it's all in Hertfordshire and on the day it was going up the A10 so I certainly wasn't there and I wasn't there the week before or the week after. So while we're in this conference Michael Wildkind picks up the um, the statements which had only come through like an hour before and he notices that they're not signed by the people the, the neighbours and they're not signed by the police officer. So um, Jonas uh, contacts uh, the CPS and says, "Can you confirm that the witness statements were taken by either Sussex police or city of London police? Um, get a message back from the CPS no, um, about an hour later i 'm there for five hours in this in, in this room, and they come back and say, No one knows who took the statements no one knows the statements so Michael Waldkind writes back to them and says that we will witness summons those three people so we can cross examine them um, in court. They're never called. That, that, that evidence against me is dropped. However, um, as you, as you, when you go to court, as you probably know, the, uh, they've got, you've got the unused material. So the CPS say, well, we've got all this information. We're not gonna use it. You can see it. And that never came through in one lump. It was just drip thread to us. So a week later, we get an internal, we get an internal uh, email from City of London Police from Colin Dawson and in there he states that he had to take some forms doesn't say what the forms are he had to take some forms over this is in January so the date of his email ties up two days before the witness statements are made by the neighbours and it says that Colin Dawson Sergeant Colin Dawson City of London Police Counterterrorism went over to Kroll's offices handed over some forms to Aruna De Silva who works for Kroll Now, did Kroll go and take the witness statements? Did Kroll invent the witness statements? We don't know. But it was all dropped against me. So um, I I was so angry, again, that they were trying to to invent... There should be a crime, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, wait till we get to the crack cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, (laughs) So they, I I so I just couldn't believe it. So I said to Michael Walcott, and they've dropped all this against me. I'm going to bring this up in court. And Michael said, "Look, you know, you don't have to. You know, it's all been dropped. It's just." And I said, "No, no. I'm going to tell the I'm going to tell the judge. I'm going to tell the magistrates just to illustrate the lengths they were going to to try and get me. They were just trying so so hard. Um, so and I did at my at my actual trial. So we we get to we get to my uh, we actually get to my uh, trial. Um, um." before before my trial in the six months before my trial all of my suppliers my business suppliers for leapbusters were contacted anonymously and told they were in financial trouble and about to go bust um so i had to get a letter from my so who did that well it wasn't me <laughs> um it wasn't it, um, it wasn't um it wasn't the police um i got a call um so my my company accountant I uh, wrote a letter to every single supplier and just said that there's been an anonymous rumor, blah, blah, blah. Um, we are confirming we're trading solvently. You're welcome to come in you know, anytime unannounced. If you say, you know, you know, if I owe you 50 grand, I'm about to go bust, that's your 50 grand. So, so um, you're welcome to come in and check my accounts unannounced anytime you want, there's, we're like, there's an open door. And, and obviously not, I've been trading for years, so my, my, my suppliers, now. a few of them made phone calls and I just said, it's complete nonsense uh jealous competitors but i knew it was all to do with this um i got a i got a phone call um an anonymous phone call um telling me that i had effed with the wrong people and uh they were they had deep deep pockets and they were gonna f me like i'd never been effed before (laughs) and i can still remember (laughs) when i was driving on the north circular uh, where that call came through from a withheld number (laughs) and in um The statement from the managing director of Kroll, a a guy called Benedict Hamilton, um, he um, he and his statement actually says, "I bought a clean phone, i.e., you know, a pay-as-you-go phone with five pounds." Credit on there, and he says in there that he called me and warned Mr. Puddock that we had deep, deep pockets. So when I had that threat, so they were going to f me, it was actually the managing director. of Like they've got nothing better to do. Got my, he actually admitted that in his police statement. <laughs> Just absolute, absolutely nuts. Um, so there was this very dark operation uh, against me. So we get to we get to my um, we get to my trial, and. Um, Without boring you for the whole details of the trial, they brought they um, a couple of key key aspects, and then I'll get to the crack cocaine. Um, they ha- they they got a guy um, who was the managing director of um, um, oh, Monster Monster uh, Monster Domain, Matt Mansell. Now he's not a, an IT expert; he's the managing director of of Monster Domain, where I bought the domain name, and he'd done this fairly detailed report suggesting that, I'm not an IT expert, but if you read the report, you would have said that I was up to something. He was saying it's possible to do this and it's possible to do this and you can do that and you could hide your IP address in this by doing that and all this kind of stuff. Um, and he, the, it created the illusion that I was definitely, I mean, my, my website was bought by me on stolen credit, you know, on this dodgy credit card, It was registered to me at my home address. I'd done nothing to hide that. So it was, you know, it was all traceable back to me. Um, But he insinuated that I was doing all this dodgy stuff with it. And we got in a guy called uh, Ron Cuffley, who is ex-police intelligence, army intelligence. Um, And he literally did a very detailed report, but his summary was one A4 page. So Matt Mansell gets up and for three hours, goes into technical detail about hiding stuff in clouds and all sorts of stuff. And um, at the end of it all, uh, Michael Wolkine then gets to cross examine and says, have you read read our expert report? And he went, no. And so it's adjourned for half an hour while he just reads the summary, which is an A4 sheet. Uh, and he he's said, that you know he's given the opportunity, said, do you want to read the whole report or are you happy with the summary? He said, no, I'm happy with the summary. He said, he said, I've only got um, a couple of questions for you. Having read our expert report, does anything in your report show that I'd done anything illegal or deliberately, deliberately tried to hide stuff? And I would like a yes or no, and he went, no. He went. No more questions. So that. So, but three hours we had to listen to him suggest that I'd done all this technical stuff. Which. I wonder how much you got paid for that? Well, I don't know. I would imagine he didn't do it for free. I, he didn't. He didn't do it off the of, out the kindness of his own, his own heart. Um, the judge. The judge said to me, um, "We had a single judge, um, Elizabeth Roscoe, who was very very good, and she said to me, um, and I'm telling her all these experiences of all the things that had happened." And she said to me, But what made you create the website? Why did you create a website? And I said, You know, I'm a white, middle classish type guy. I'm not the kind of guy that gets brutalized in custody. It normally happens to uh, young black kids on an estate in South East London. They don't get too much sympathy when it happens. If they can do that to me, wipe the CCTV in the station. When the police officers are quizzed, have amnesia. If they can do that to me, they can do it to anyone. I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let them bully me. And I'm not going to let them get away with it. And she said, I quite agree. I want those two officers there in an hour. So my case is adjourned, literally there and then. or put on hold for an hour. And these two police officers, uh, Sergeant Dawson and uh, Sergeant Ellis, get a phone call, whatever they're doing, get to um, Westminster Magistrates Court now. So they turn up. So Colin Dawson first comes in and my barrister's firing questions at him, firing questions at him. He's still got amnesia. I can't remember what happened in that room. He remembers. He remembers. He was there. He watched me. He saw me cry. He, he, he knows exactly what Ellis did. So, um, but he just amnesia, amnesia, amnesia. I cannot remember. I cannot remember due to the passing of time. I cannot recall and walks out. Just couldn't answer a single question. Um, Sergeant Ellis comes in, he's very cocky. And my barrister starts asking him. So uh, due to the passing time, and he's very respectful, due to the passing of time, I cannot recollect. I do apologise to the court. So he said, so you called Mr. Paddock in for an interview for nothing. He said, look, we've got nothing to say to you. Come in for an interview, come into this little room. We don't know what we're going to say to you. We don't know why we're here. Is that normal, Mr. uh, Sergeant Ellis? And he said, "No, no, we always have a reason." He said, "So what was the reason, Mr. Paddock?" And he said, "Due to the passing of time." And he kept using the passing of time. I'm barrister kept hitting him, and eventually he started to wear down and started to engage. Did he? Yeah, yeah. What did he say? The best. Well, this is where we get to the crack, gang. Okay. So he said, he said, he literally had this eureka moment. And he said, "Yeah, I remember why I had to. Sir, I remember why I had to interview Mr. Puddock. And he said, Why was that, Sergeant Ellis? He said, Because during the search of Mr. Paddock's property, I found large quantities of crack cocaine. <laughs> so so I, I am behind bars. I'm in behind bars in the dock, right? Um, for a website which, you know, I'm, I very proudly created. There's no dispute. I very proudly created that website and I would do it again if they did any of that, any of that nonsense. Um, and I shouted out, You liar. I shouted out, You liar. It's lying. It's lying under oath. It's lying under oath. So the judge told me off and said that if I did that again, I'd be, you know, I'd be chucked out and taken down to the cells. And I didn't want that. I was, he just lied, just lied. So my barrister turned around to me and winked. Sergeant Ellis, um, it's quite a serious, uh, quite serious, quite serious uh, thing to find. Where, Where did you find the crack cocaine? He said, I found it in the kitchen, in the bedroom and the loft room. And he said, and, "And where where was it in the kitchen?" He said, "Well, it was on the." As you walk into the kitchen, it was on the side. And he said, and the barrister said it was in the in the it was in the bedroom and in the loft room. He said, "Yeah." So it was like a cache, a large cache of crack cocaine. And Sergeant, he said, "Yes." He said, "Yes." And he said, "Okay." So talk us through the procedure. So you're in the you're in the kitchen. You walk in the kitchen and you find this crack cocaine. Is there any else? Thing is, yeah, he's there. We found the bags and the, all the stuff you need to be a drug dealer. He found. He found. <laughs> and he said okay no no so he said okay and he said so you you um you were sur- so you've got the other officers on the search team um he said uh, you discussed it with the other officers obviously look <clears throat> we found what we think is some class a drugs here. he said no no i didn't i didn't mention it to the other officers he said but you um, made a little note in your notepad very basic policing, found what I believe to be class A drugs. You made a note in your notebook. No, 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 I didn't. He said, so um, when you confiscated it and you did confiscate this, didn't you? And he said, no, I forgot. So he said, so um, I understand you're under a lot of pressure. You're under a lot of pressure. This Operation Bohan, you spent millions of pounds, really mocked him. He spent millions of pounds, you're under pressure. You need an arrest, you need an arrest. He said, so let's move through to the bedroom. Uh, where was it in the bedroom he said oh it was all um on the um the top of the fireplace and he said and what else did you find he described in detail all of the paraphernalia so he said um and, and you've discussed it with the other officers oh no i forgot to you made a little notepad you confiscated it um he says no no no, i forgot and he said and what about the loft so whereabouts in the loft and they said let me stop you You found it in the loft. You forgot to tell the other officers. You forgot to make a note and you forgot to confiscate it. Am I right? Yes, I'd like a yes or no. And he said, no. Um, He said, so you just left it there. He said, did you confiscate anything from Mr. Puddock's property? And he said, yeah, we took his uh, mobile phone, his digital camera, Sony digital camera, his iPad and his laptop. He said, and what did you do with that? He said, we sent it off for forensics analysis. And my barrister said, so, you know, When you forensically analyse these things, it could give you some intelligence on Mr. Puddock, who he's meeting, where he's going, the kind of contact he's got. Could give give you some great intelligence on, on, you know, allegations of being involved in criminality. He said, I'd like a yes or no. Did you find anything on there that would give you any information of criminality? Yes or no? He went, no. He said, so you've left all the crack cocaine in Mr. Puddock's property, and you've taken his Sony, he's taken his camera, and he had to say yes. He actually said yes. And I just couldn't believe it. he really <gasps> made him look stupid. He really, really made <laughs> stupid. When Sergeant Ellis was giving evidence, and this is why I brought that picture along. Yeah, should grab it. Her, it, grab it. There's a bit of detail. There's a bit of detail I missed out. Um, so this this uh, piece of art, um, it's a piece of art. It's called Snowblind and it's by Damien. You might want to put it there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. If, should I just put it there? Yeah, that's good, yeah. Is that okay, is that um, That one's got it, yeah? Is that got it? So it's um it's a legitimate piece of art. It's by Damien it's by Damon Hurst, who is is um well known for cutting up a cow and putting it in formaldehyde, and it's called Snowblind, and it's all about the drugs trade. Um so cut uh, a very long story short. While Sergeant Ellis was um, talking about my house uh, and, and the raid and the search, remember he's had amnesia for all this time and now he's got absolute clarity and he describes that picture hanging in my kitchen. I didn't own that. So Sergeant Ellis was only in my house in on the very, very first ever raid in August 2009, We jump through now to my trial in June 2011. I bought this in 2010. So when Sergeant Ellis came in my house, I didn't own it. And he described it in detail. There's a bit of a story I've missed out. In December 2010, so six months before my trial, my house is broken into and all my court defense documents are stolen. Obviously I've got a new iPad I had a box with all my court defense documents with my iPad on it. The thief or thieves took the iPad off and stole all my court defense documents. So was Sergeant Ellis involved in the, the, the break into my house to to, 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 to to steal my court defense documents? I actually don't believe that at all. Do I think he was involved with the burglars? I don't think that at all. Um, I personally think um, that uh, Kroll. Um, bro- uh, arranged for the break in, um, because their company, Guy Carpenter, um, their, 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 their sister company, Guy Carpenter, where this chat work works, we're going to have all this bad PR coming out, and they just wanted to know the extent of what's going to come out in court, what's going to be said in court, what kind of things are, what kind of things am I going to say, what am I aware of? Well, Nick is court defence documents, and you've got the whole treasure trove. Um, so I do think that the people at Kroll had obviously spoken to him uh, because there's no way that he could describe a piece of art that I didn't have, hadn't, hadn't even purchased when he was in my house. But it was in there at the time that the burglars uh, raided my house and, and stole my court defence documents. Does that make sense? <laughs> um insane just said if 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 um, my wife had had an affair with the uh, with uh, Milton it had been a lot easier i could have called the dairy and it had been over in a day um so yeah it's just uh, it's just uh, that the um so the judge um found me not guilty uh the judge found me not guilty um and I was cleared um i was in the dock, the security guard opened the dock. I couldn't come out because I was crying so much. I was so happy I'd beaten them, I was so happy. They'd thrown all this money and done everything they possibly could. Um, and I'd beaten them all. I was so happy, I was so happy. Um, and was that the end of it? Um, pretty pretty much. Um, so we started suing the, uh, take it, we'd taken out a private uh, criminal prosecution against the police for malfeasance for that sergeant ellis so you know is that malfeasance in public office is it perjury was a conspiracy to tovert the georgia ju- ju- course of justice we threw everything at him because he lied in that box i mean the crack cocaine is either still in my house either i've <laughs> taken it or i've sold it or given it away they're the only four possibilities there's no other possibility um so he um so then other officers came through and made statements um, yeah, we we're on the search. Oh god, we saw the crack code. Sorry, thought, Sean, we thought you'd confiscate it. Oh sorry, Joe, we thought you'd confiscate it oh sorry Sarah, we thought you'd confiscate it. It's the Keystone, the cops. Um, but this it's this is all about lack of accountability. It's all about the lack of accountability. Um and at that time, do you remember the pleb gate? Um there was it was in it was national news for six months or whatever. There was a big issue with the Conservative Party. Um Andrew, his name's just gone um uh conservative party uh, mp he was a cabinet member and he's very posh and the issue was he was coming out of downing street and he got into a, an argument with the police officer toby roland and there was an issue did he call the policeman a pleb and it was called plebgate it was all the national headlines um he um he sued the police officer for lying um in a private private case i went to i went to the court i sat there every single day um and the judge found in the policeman's favor because he all the police officers that came in and sang from the same hymn sheet um he, the judge in his summing up said i didn't he didn't believe that the police would create the pantomime and theater i think they were his exact words in other words they all would lie and they do they do this one police officer this one police officer got up in the Plaidgate trial um, and stood up and said, yeah, I was standing hours between uh, four and seven feet away from Andrew Mitchell MP and PC Toby Rowland. I heard him call him a bad, blah, 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 blah. Ron Huffley, who was involved in my case, I put him in touch with Andrew Mitchell. He got involved and did some fre- a forensic investigation um, and when they showed you the actual CCTV on the night, he was like 70 feet away at the other end of, and then did some acoustics and it was like 11 o'clock at night or whatever and they just couldn't. So um, so they put it all to him after he'd made that statement. And he said, I apologize to the court. My recollection is inaccurate and I retract my, uh, and, I, and I apologize to the court. But he'd been very happy to have stood by it if that hadn't come on and said, yeah, he definitely did. I saw him, I was there, I was a few feet away. They just lie they just lie and lie and lie so
0: earlier on you said in your campaigning you learned of cases that were way worse than yours uh, have you got any
1: examples yeah absolutely the worst the worst for me personally is daniel morgan uh are you aware of the daniel morgan case daniel morgan case um daniel morgan was a uh independent journalist uh back in the 80s he was exposing uh, i'm uh, big pre- you know when we talk about police corruption i'm talking about me and you are mates. We've grown up together. I'm a police officer. I stop you for speeding, and it's you, Sean. I say, Come on, Sean. Don't do it again. Let you off. And I don't charge. I'm talking about that kind of thing. You know, that, well, I'm, t- I'm talking about real corruption, bribes, um, backhanders, turning the other way, involved in criminality. So he was going to expo- expose unprecedented police corruption um, with the police involved with News of the World. Um, so Daniel Morgan uh, Daniel, Moor, uh, Dan, Daniel Morgan turns up, uh, um, goes to the police with it and goes quite high up. He says, I don't want to speak to the, he walks into the police, I don't want to speak to the, the Bobby, uh, the, I want to speak to a, a sergeant or whatever. And he manages to speak to somebody quite high up. It's arranged for him to meet in a pub um, and Daniel Morgan um, never leaves the pub. He's found killed in the uh, car park with an ax in the head. No, no, nobody dies with an ax in the head. You get stabbed, you get shot. No one dies with an ax in the head. Um, so there were, there were four police investigations into police misconduct or corruption involving the Daniel Morgan case, and they all cleared the police. Shock horror. To be fair to Theresa May, to her credit, five years ago, um, she launched uh, an independent, judge-led one, and they found that all four police investigations were hampered with police corruption. Shock horror! But it's always too late. It's always too late. Um, and his brother Alistair, who who I know well, um, has campaigned for this, uh, campaigned for you know for some justice. Um, and it has slowly. Been, it came out during the Leveson report. Um, but you know we're talking about people people's lives. You've got, we've got a poor a poor chap that's dead. His family's lives are in tatters. That's um, That's real. That's real. Real police corruption. Real police corruption. Oh, my goodness. Mine's a walk in the park compared to that. I haven't lost anybody. So, I don't know when it
0: was, about a year or so ago, people started saying to me, this guy called Brian Harvey's making videos about you. Rightly so. And I watched the videos, and this guy's just ranting about me. Yeah. Like, f in Sean Atwood, f John Wedge, f in Ian Puddock, f in Who's the other guy he's got it in for?
1: Loads. There's loads. Um, yeah, Sean, uh, yourself. Bill something. Bill Maloney. Bill, Bill, Maloney. Maloney. Bill, Bill Maloney. Maloney. Bill Maloney.
0: F-ing Bill Maloney. Effing Bill Maloney this. Effing. Then he started saying that I was working for the New World Order. Which is true. <laughs> and So I thought, all right, who is this guy? I'm going to Google him. I saw that he was a famous, he in was a famous huge. band. Yeah, huge. Huge. E17? E- yeah, massive. massive. And... Um, He'd run over himself or something. Yeah, I believe so. It looks it's, it's, it looks really sad. I, I thought, having lived with people who suffered, seeing the suffering of, of people with addiction issues and mental health issues, I thought this is really sad. It's very
1: sad. Because he's talented. He's really talented. Yeah. He's very yeah. talented. But why if the put hell is his he... Energy, if he put his energy into... And, yeah. I, and I think... And I had a conversation with him back in... I think it was Feb- end, of Jan- end of January of this year or Feb- beginning of February. I had a conversation with him because he accuses me of all sorts of nonsense um i um i said to him that you know, I believe because he makes videos about him being hacked by News of the World, and and from from what he shows, I think he probably was. I think he probably was. But unfortunately, the the conspiracy to hack him ten years ago, or whenever it was, by News of the World, now involves the Queen, me, you, and all sorts of nonsense. Whereas if he just concentrated on maybe if he's going, he wants if he feels really strongly about that, and he does, and, and understandably so, um, do something about that, and just focus on getting that right, and also put some energy into. His, he always talks about his music career and he's very talented, so do it. Don't talk about it, do it, do it. So do why
0: it. did he draw you into his web?
1: Well, um, Bill Maloney, um, from my campaigning days back then, I got introduced to Bill Maloney. Um, and Bill's a, uh, uh, Bill's, uh, how can I describe it? Marmite figure, you either love him or you hate him. I love him, I think he's great. Um, I won't say anything bad about him. Um, he has very unorthodox methods. He's very direct, he's really passionate. And do you know what? If you understand his life and what happened to him in care, and I'm not gonna talk about that, Bill Bill wants to talk about that, that's for Bill to talk about. If you look at what happened to him as a young boy in care, I don't bloody blame him. I don't blame him, I'd be furious. I'd be furious what's happened to him. He's really, really passionate about that. Some people don't like it, because he's really, you know, he shouts, he screams, he gets passionate. Um, He's a good friend of John Wedger's, Um, so, Bill, Bill, contact. Bill said to me in 2014, "Would I buy him a, a Ninja recorder because they were going to do this interview with someone?" So I went on in eBay, bought one for a couple hundred quid, and I gave it to Bill. Now that that Ninja recorder ended up being given to Brian Harvey, so that because of that. I'm involved in the conspiracy and, and he makes videos saying Ian Puddock bought me a ninja. I've never met him. <laughs> I've never met Brian Harvey. And what was Bill, the, what bill was, asked me for what a, was I bought the, the Bill
0: Bill's my mate. What harm did the
1: ninja cause Brian for well, it's to it's It just involves me in the conspiracy. And then he says they went up and they did this and, they, and Puddock funded it. Well, oh, that's just a lie. It just tells lies. So I'm involved. So, you know, did, did, did Bill ask me to buy him a ninja recorder and did I do it? The answer is yes. And that's it. And then all the rest, he just tells lies.
0: Oh my goodness! But you know
1: he's not well, is he? He's, he's not, not well. He's not well.
0: I wish him all the best. Um, it's it, it's sad to see people suffering like that. Yeah, and you've brought along a gift for my parents. I
1: have. So these are tonics. These are tonics. Is it still filming? Yeah, it doesn't stop. Oh, right, okay. So. <laughs> I've, in my, in my say plumbing, in my leak detection office, and I'm really not kidding, we have a mini gin distillery, and it's very, very small. And it's a really good reason for making gin, not because we wanted to make gin. Um, when I bought the, it's all on our website, you can see all the pictures. When I bought, I, I bought um, back in 2013, I bought um, a, 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 an old bakery, which was just a wreck. It literally was just a wreck. And I bought it, I got two mortgages out on it, and I converted it from an old wreck into a lovely office. And we kept all the original features, all the old, we we put wrought iron back. It's really nice, it's really cool, it's really cool. So nice space, all the bricks, we uh, cleaned all the bricks up and repointed them in an old old fashioned style. So it's got loads and loads of character. Um, When we were doing all the renovation or building works, there were two giant twin ovens, obviously from the bakery with a giant chimney, trees growing up them. I mean, the the, the top of the chimney you could, push over, it was so dangerous. So I demolished it all, took it all down. I then got sued by a neighbor who said, "'Hey, that's my chimney." And we got into this really stupid dispute dispute, and it it went to court. So while the lawyers were looking at the history of the place before we went to court, saying, was it Sean's chimney, was it my chimney? You know, How did this all go wrong? Uh, While the lawyers were looking at the history, the lawyers found out that the original bakers over a hundred years ago made illegal gin there. Um, I tracked down the family descendants and the descendants of the little muse we're in this tiny little muse the photographs are all on my website uh bbc news itv news channel four followed the story and i tracked down the original family descendants and i got the original gin recipe there's only four botanicals i know nothing about gin by the way um most gins have a minimum of 12 ingredients 10 to 12 botanicals uh, this only has the original four they're very simple because obviously over 100 years ago there wouldn't be that much around so the ingredients would be simple we built a miniature gin distillery, Um, watched some YouTube videos and we've resurrected the gin. Uh, We supply Buckingham Palace, Uh, we supply Harrods, Fortnum and Masons. Um, Most people have never heard of it because it's just such a small gin. Um, We serve it at the Foreign Office um, we did an event on Whitehall last night for the Ministry of Defence where we launched our new whisky, London whisky. Uh, so we're getting it into some really prestigious places.
0: Imagine Prince Andrew's hammering it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> um,
1: so we get it into some prestigious places purely because it's part of London history. Um, so yeah, so it's a bit of fun and obviously it's a gift. For, I know you don't drink, but it's a, a gift for your mum and dad. Oh, I really appreciate that, Ian. So for people watching this then,
0: I'm going to put in the description box your links. You've got your YouTube channel. You've got your Twitter. Yeah. Facebook.
1: Facebook, Ian Puddock. Yeah. I'm pretty rubbish. I, I don't really like Facebook um i do sort of use it sometimes but um
0: and and if what's your preferred method of people contacting you twitter I love it. twitter I love twitter because you've got over hundred thousand followers on twitter haven't you no
1: no it's down to about 50 or 60 now okay 000, but it used to be it was over it was 120 30,000 wow. about 10 years ago at the height of my because i was a you know I'd, I'd video my arrests at, uh at, at speaker's corner um and anyone that knows me i'm not a tough guy i'm not violent you know i don't shout and swear and they were just doing everything and it was it, you know, it was an injustice it was an injustice <laughs> and i just publicized it really there's not
0: many people who go and film at the police's house is that that's, that's and the commissioner unusual. adrian
1: leopards that was the best one That's
0: that <laughs> don't one. do it don't
1: do it if you're watching this so and you have a website as well do you see uh so uh, for the gin it's oldbakerygin.com. okay um but the real, the real website is policeexpenses.co.uk. <laughs> Hasn't had many updates because nothing's really happened since I won my case.
0: And let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. So if you enjoyed this
0: podcast, please let us know in the comments below the video. Huge thank you to all new subscribers. Subscription logos in the bottom right-hand corner. Thank you to people who've donated as well. All the links in the description box, as are the links to our socials and all of our other stuff.
1: All right, give me a hug, big man, then. <laughs> Social distancing a little bit. You're very welcome. Yeah.